And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting to Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, throughout the nine worlds, and beyond, the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. You are tuned to the immortal sounds of... Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 267. We're coming at you as always from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And uh, yeah, so not a lot to talk about the beginning of the show this week. Of course, I always say that, don't I? And then I end up rambling on for you know, a couple minutes about nothing. But actually, Pete and I went to go see another comic-related movie this week, and this time it was Lego Batman. Now, I realize that its movie's been out for a while now, so I think most of y'all out there have probably seen it already. But like I said, we're, we're usually about the last people to see this sort of thing. And uh, I'm not going to go into a, a lengthy review or anything like that, because really, I think ultimately that movie was just a bit of fun. You know, it was it was interesting, it was funny... Uh, it was you know, well animated. It wasn't. Um, we noticed that they weren't as detail oriented as far as the the Lego effects as they were in the Lego movie. Like the water didn't look like Lego. Uh, the uh, fireworks didn't look like Lego. You know that there were a lot of things that they kind of shortcut out of the movie, probably for reasons of of aesthetics. But it was cute. You know, it was a fun movie, but I don't have a lot to say about it, really, other than the fact that, you know, it was worth our, you know, our money. We don't feel like we were ripped off by it. I was a little disappointed it wasn't in 3D, but it seems like uh, fewer and fewer movies are lately, which is which is kind of odd. But um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, good time was had by all. And, uh, you know, if you get a chance to, to see it on video or if it's still in the theater around where you are, yeah, definitely check it out because it's a lot of fun. All right, so with that, we do have an issue of Journey into Mystery to cover, so let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, This week we are looking at to Journey into Mystery number 651. Has a, a cover date. Well, don't really have a date here. I believe it's March of 2013. Don't know what the cover price was because I am looking at it on a scan. Because, of course, you do. So we open up. Well, no, we look at the cover first. The cover is by Jeff DeCal, who's been doing all the covers for the series so far. And we have... The, the panel that's basically shaped like a wolf's head. And uh, we see in the title, you know, Marvel Now, Journey into Mystery. Uh, we have the characters, looks like Gudrun, which is Volstagg's wife. We have Thor, we have Sif, we have Volstagg, we have Fenderil, we've got Hogan, and we've got Hildy, uh, who is a Volstagg's daughter. All of these characters appear in the story. And we have a cover blurb that says, The Fury of Fenris, and other terrifically tall tales. Well, that may be a little misleading, because I've actually read the issue, and I know that this is the only tale in the book. Uh, so, we open up to the splash page, where we have the credits. Catherine Eminen was the writer. 
Pepe Larraz was the artist. Jordi Belair was the color artist. VCs Clayton Cowles was the letters and production. Jeff DeCal did the cover. Jacob Thomas, uh, don't know who that is. Warren Sankovic lives here, according to this. Axel Alonzo was the editor-in-chief. Joe Casada is the chief creative officer. Dan Buckley is the publisher. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. And we have a, a splash here of Volstag, and he is surrounded by chillins. Uh, looks like um, looks like four boys and a girl. I could be completely wrong about that, um, because you know uh, the, the children of that age they kind of all look the same, don't they? Um, so we have Volstag, and he's reading out of a book to his children. It says, "Listen, children. Once upon a time, there was the godly realm of Asgard. It existed atop the great world tree Yggdrasil, and was ruled by the All Father Odin." Through high adventure, perilous dangers, and great shenanigans, the kingdom descended to Midgard, the realm of mortals, and became the shining city of Asgardia upon Oklahoma. It is now ruled by the All-Mother, a three-in-one matriarch who... We don't need a recap to our own home, Dad. Yeah, we live here. It's called setting the stage. Any good storyteller... Isn't Uncle Hogan from Nornheim? Is this a lady? Is this a story about the Lady Sif? I heard she cut off her brother Heimdall's head last week and it grew back. The great Heimdall can regrow heads? Dad, is this a story about us? Are we in it? Maybe if you'd pipe down, you'd find out. I will say that this tale, like any worth telling, does involve yours truly, Volstagg, the jolly lion of Asgard. It may have room for some of his rambunctious and overly chatty progeny. We'll just have to see. It all started on a night like any other in the floating city of gods on earth. We see scenes from all around Asgard of the various gods and goddesses and they're sleeping. Yeah, whatever. Asgardia slumbers as Broxton, Oklahoma sleeps, suspended in the blissful torpor of forgetfulness. Embalmed in the languor of unconsciousness, the humans call night. The gods call it darkness, and it has descended upon Thor and the Lady Sif, and we see Thor and Sif uh, lying together in bed. For the elves it is called the joy of sleep. Fandral is no stranger to this joy, and one might suspect many others. And we see Fandral is in bed with at least two other people. We see as a, uh, a red-haired woman laying next to him, and then we see some feet sticking out from the blanket next to him. So, yeah, so th- there may be somebody else in there, too. The dwarves speak of the dream goddess. She escorts Hogan on his passage from somnolence into oblivion. And we see Hogan, and he is sitting in a chair... There's a spilled uh, glass of mead or something next to him, and he has his axe in one hand. He's fully clothed, and yeah. And the goddess Nort gallops across the sky astride her great black steed, Hemfraxi. In their wake are Heimdall and Siri left in great response. Siri? Hmm, I didn't know Siri was... Uh, yeah, okay. Um, and we see Heimdall and his... Apparently his, his wife... Uh, Siri, who not to be confused with the, uh, the the program on the on the iPhone, and there's a very large dog in their bed as well, and the dog is snoring, and Heimdall is being pushed out of bed basically, and he's swearing, uh, so yeah, so he's he's not happy about being thrown out of bed, and he grabs the dog and he's kind of pulling it out the door. 
Loki has done some terrible things in his time, but convincing me that I needed a dog was surely one of the worst. That the spawn of two hellwolves and the gift of a devious child should be selfish and think only of its own comfort is no surprise. But must you also stink like a garbage scow floating on a sea of corpses rotting in the summer sun? And he kind of throws the, the dog out of the, the house and slams the door. And yeah, dog, poor doggy gets kicked out of the house. But he's got some kind of, I don't know, does he just have like terminal bad breath or something? It's like he's breathing fire or something. So it's a kind of magical dog breath or something. And that's that's a scary thing to think about. And then we shift scenes again. Um, uh, and he's, oh, we, sorry, we, first we get a caption. Surely this noble hottie, a creature named for the wolf that chases the moon, deserves the tranquility which has blessed all who slumber in Asgard. And we see the sad dog outside the door, and he's whining. And we see inside uh, Volstagg's house, where we have him lying in a bed with his wife Gudrun, and they are both snoring. Uh, Gudrun is snoring, snaws, snaws, snaws. And Volstagg is, is loudly snoring, snaws, snaws, zop. So it sounds to me like uh, Volstagg may actually have obstructive sleep apnea, which is not a, a good thing. And uh, <laughs> we, we see another room in the house, and there's some of Volstagg's children in there, kind of lined up dormitory style, sleeping, and um, Volstagg is uh, snoring really loudly. And there is one young girl, and I believe that this is Hildy, and she is um, trying to sleep with her uh, her father's uh, snoring going on. And there's a snuffle from beyond. And Hati, which is the dog, enters the room. So I guess he does breathe fire because of what she says next. Hey, Hati, you set Heimdall's pajamas on fire again? And the dog is, is <laughs> comes up and she says, good dog. And he comes up in the slurp and on her and yeah. Being friendly like big dogs are. You are a good dog. I don't care what everybody says. Come on. I'm not sleeping either. Let's go get some fresh air. And they're going to sneak out of the house, I guess. So Hildy gets dressed. And still hearing uh, Volstagg snoring in the background. She grabs one of the golden apples off the countertop. And she says, Lucky hottie, but your dad doesn't snore. And your mom's stuck guarding the gates of hell. And there's no sleeping on that job. And the two of them go out the door and we see it close with a clack. And um, so the two of them are kind of wandering around Asgard at night. So Hildy says, I'm supposed to go play with my friend Agnes down in Broxton tomorrow. I bet she's asleep all right. My friend Agnes says she wants to have enough beagle type dogs to make a baseball team. She says they are very smart dogs and that they would be a circus act. She says the dogs are better than tigers because you can have any kind of dog act, but there is only one kind of tiger act, and it usually ends in death. Agnes talks about death in baseball a lot, but I think the baseball is only because of Jimmy Watson, and I'm pretty sure if Jimmy Watson can play baseball, then dogs can do it too. Gosh, it's quiet. Jimmy's always saying that he's got half a mind to do something or other, and I keep saying that's obvious, so that's why we don't get along. But, and so the, the two of them are wandering through, like, dark woods, and all of a sudden the uh, dog is grrr and goes racing off, and it's got fire coming out of his mouth, or her mouth, 
and and she goes running, and Hildy goes, Hattie! And the dog's like, Grr. Come back! Oh, we're going to get into so much trouble! And they come across a, uh, a scene in the woods where we have a very large wolf, or dog-type creature. It's wolf, I believe it's Fenrir, because it's the, you know, title of the story that we have on the cover um and uh, it's laying there and there are two dwarves and they are doing something with the lead that holds uh, fenrir and you know fenrir can't break this un- unbreakable ribbon and yeah we've read the myths on the show so you should all remember it and the uh, the dwarves notice uh, the girl there and they're like shh we're dead and that wakes up the giant wolf, and Hati goes racing forward, and there's a bunch of fire coming out of her mouth or his mouth. I, I don't see, I don't see a dick, so it's probably a female. And she goes racing forward and was snarling, and bites Fenrir on the neck with a grar, and Hildy's um, like, no, and Fenrir speaks. Well, you know. Fenrir is is a wolf, but Fenrir is also the son of Loki. So, uh, you know, it's not not so simple as that. And Fenrir says, trickery! So we find out the names of these dwarves. We have Dead and Horik. And and Horik says, Dead, you son of a bifurcated ice worm. Let go of me. Horik, we must retrieve Gleipnir. You go find the leash. I'll wait here. And is going running off, and <laughs> Fenrir turns around and, and smacks uh, Hati into a tree, which breaks the tree, which means that Fenrir is a tree murderer. And uh, <laughs> Hati goes, yay, as dogs do. And there's branches flying around, and Hildy is running, and she's like, and her cloak, uh, not to be, actually, not to be too obvious, but it's actually a red cloak with a hood. Anyway, so uh, this red cloak on a hood with a hood gets stuck on a tree branch, and she goes running home, and she's like, must get help. And she's tumping up the stairs, uh, all out of breath, and slams open the door. And she arrives at home, and the Volstagg is sitting there at the table, eating a very, very large sandwich, because, you know, Volstagg is constantly eating, because, you know, that's what he does. And he sees her come in, and she's got leaves in her hair, and she's breathing heavy and all that. And he's like, Hildy? And you can see that uh, Volstagg wears unicorn slippers. Isn't that cute? He, uh, he's talking to his daughter. There's only one reason to be up at this hour. Like father, like daughter. Sit, have a snack. You're too skinny, too skinny. Uh, dwarves, forest, we need... You're completely out of breath, child. You need to... The forest? Hilde, you cannot be wandering around at night without telling anyone. I know, but... There's the Fenris wolf, for one thing. And just last week I found Asgardians returned from one of Broxton's Tales of the Gate, spewing up that thin Midgard ale on the steps. And you could slip and fall and... Father! I was walking Hati and we came across dwarves in the forest. They're up to no good. And he attacked. And... It is Heimdall's dog. He should be told. Please, Father, no. He will be angry that I did not ask his permission. Dear heart, I do not think he prizes the hound that highly, but all right. 
How many dwarves? Two, but also... Go back to bed, Hildy, and don't wake your mother with your racket. A couple of dwarves, how bad could it be? But just to be safe... Um, Volstag takes his sandwich and is getting ready to, to go out the door. Father, the Fenris wolf. And we shift scenes, and we are in Fandral's bedchamber, and uh, Volstag is there. He's trying to wake uh, Fandral up, and he's like, Fandral, wake up! And Fandral's like, darling, let me sleep. Ah, oh, your hair is so silken. And, and he is actually stroking Volstag's beard, and Volstag is like, at your service. Not that you need it. Get up. Follow me. Hurry. And the two of them are then uh, seen at Hogan's place, and Hogan's in his chair like we saw him earlier. And Volstagg is like, Hogan, get up! And I should mention that um, Fandral is wearing like a t-shirt and shorts, and Volstagg is wearing this giant pink onesie. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so obviously they're playing this for comedy a bit. And they, they tip over uh, Hogan in his chair, and they're like, Hogan! Yes! Says Hogan, he's... Um, Falls over. And then we see them outside, outside, I guess, the uh, door of Thor's hall. And Hogan says, Do we really want to do this? Although Thor does so love a good dwarf bashing. Not to mention Fenris the wolf, says Volstagg. You did not mention Fenris the wolf, says Fandral. I'm sure that I did, says Volstagg. And so the three bang on the door, bang, bang, bang. And we hear a voice that says, enter. And uh, I guess it's Thor, of course. So the uh, three of them are in Thor's bedchamber. And Thor and Sif are sitting up in bed here. And Thor's like, odds blood. What do you want at this hour? There are dwarves at large in the forest. More so than usual. Large dwarves, asks Thor. No, the usual size, but up to no good. And the Fenris wolf may be loose, says Hogan. And we see Thor, and he gets out of bed. And I think we've actually seen this shot before, but <laughs> anyway, Thor gets out of bed, and he's not wearing any clothes, and he's uh, you know, standing full frontal in front of everybody, and they're all covering their eyes like, oh, hey. <laughs> Fandral says, deal with thine pants. And uh, we hear a voice from off, off panel, father. And it turns out to be Hildy, and she's getting a good look, and she's got this big grin on her face. And Thor is like, well, then they must be dealt with. And Volstagg is like, Hildy, I thought I told you to go to bed. I did, but I heard barking in the All-Mother's garden. Please hurry. And the uh, Volstagg is covering her eyes, and um, I guess they're getting dressed or something anyway. So Sif is like, so I guess all embarrassed to be found in Thor's bed. And um, Thor says, follow me. I will not have them in Asgardia uninvited. And Sif is walking by, and Fandral says, I thought you and Thor weren't. We're not. Don't make me cut out your tongue, says Sif. So we shift scenes, and we are somewhere in the kingdom. I'm not sure where, but we have the two dwarves. Remember, we saw them earlier. And they're standing at a doorway, and the one is saying, We have got to get in there, my friend. Get that wolf's head on an anvil. You heard barking. I did not hear barking. Who is to say that your hearing is better than mine? I'm not going down there alone. Alive, you hardly care for my companionship. When you're dead, it will matter even less. Please, proceed. And they're getting ready to open the door, and the one dwarf gets slammed on the back of the head by Hogan's mace with a wham, and it goes, ugh. 
And the uh, one dwarf says, Curse since the day I was born. And we see Sif, and she's got the one dwarf at sword point, and she's like, What are you doing here? Uh, I've heard about you, lady. You have trespassed upon Asgardia because you've heard about me? That is both flattering and idiotic. And the other dwarf is uh, being held up in, by his neck by Thor. Thor's got his hammer in one hand. He's getting ready to bash him. What my friend meant to say is, Please forgive us, O great one, and do not kill us, for our women folk will weep and our many children will be fatherless. Did you or did you not release the Fenris wolf, says Thor. No, and yes. Thor drops the, the dwarf on the, on the floor, so we see you know, both dwarves on the ground, and they're surrounded by Thor and the warriors three and Sif, and Sif has got the one at sword point, like she's going to slice his throat, and Hogan has got his axe in one hand, like he's going to bash the, uh, the dwarf if he says anything wrong, and uh, he says, they prevaricate. I don't even know what that means, says the dwarf. I think it means you cook up nicely, says Volstagg. You wouldn't dare. They mean to harm us all, says Sif. And she kind of throws the dwarf down, the one she had at spear point, and he's like, ow! Oh, no, no. We were in the middle of a delicate operation. We were sent to remove Gleipnir from the neck of the wolf to correct the enchantment and replace it quietly so no one would know. No, what exactly, says Fendrel. The magic of Gleipnir is no secret. It is the sound of a cat's footfall. The beard of a woman, says Thor. The roots of a mountain, says Sif. The sinews of a bear, says Hogan. The spittle of a bird, says Hildy. I told you to go to bed, says Gvolstog. Oh, and the breath of a fish. Oh, the damn fish breath, says the dwarf. My lord Thor, you don't know what it's like when Odin comes to you with these impossible requests. You might be surprised, says Thor. Make a magical leash. Make it out of six things that don't actually exist, and he always wants it yesterday. We had everything but the fish breath and time. But I'd had these terrible clams for dinner that day, and so we thought, close enough. Close enough until we could obtain the right thing, and no one was supposed to know. And now we think the dwarf is in there. And Gleipnir in the missing elements, as if... We don't know. And what about the dog, huh? And the dwarf gets all mad and yells at Hildy, If it wasn't for you and your stupid dog, we'd all be home in bed right now. They're interrupted by, um, by barking from beyond the door. Bark, bark, grr, bark, ark. And uh, so uh, Thor and company, they burst through the door, go running in. And, of course, Fenrir is there. And we see um, Sif is already in there. She is first up and you know got her sword in hand, get ready to fight. Thor's there with his hammer. And Fenrir is just kind of storming around, knocking down tree branches, um, being the tree murderer that he is. Get out of my way, Asgardians, says Fenrir. And they're all attacking him, and, and Volstagg says, You will leave in chains, Fenris. Where is Gleipnir? says Sif. That you may enslave me with it once more, says Fenrir. And uh, Hogan comes and slams Fenrir in the mouth with his mace and says, Let me ask you a different way. You will never find it, says Fenrir. You don't belong here, wolf, says Thor. This is the All-Mother's Garden, says Fenrir. 
Is there nowhere that the whelp of Odin think he does not rule? And Thor takes his hammer and smashes Fenrir across the face with a wham. And we see that um, there's some kind of, I don't know, some kind of tendrils kind of reaching out to grab uh, Fenrir, but I don't, I don't know what's going on here. But we have Sif, and she's there, and she says, None of we should be wreaking havoc here, Thor. And Hildy says, Why do you not go and look for the leash? And the dwarf's like, Everyone else is doing an excellent job. And we hear a bow wharf from off the panel, and it turns out to be Hati, the friendly dog. And uh, Hati comes bounding in from off panel and starts licking Hildy's face. And Hildy's like, Hati, you're not dead. <laughs> and the dwarf is like, What's a perb news? <laughs> meanwhile, during the fight, we have uh, Fenrir, and he's throwing all the rest of them around. They are smashing trees left and right. This is major tree death. And apparently, somehow Fenrir is controlling the, the trees, because the, or I don't know, the magic or something. They're, the trees are reaching out, and they're grabbing various people. So Thor is being held by, by one of the trees, and he's got to smash it to get out. You know, Volstagg has been smashed into a tree and damages it. So, yeah, some sort of tree magic going on here. And Volstagg comes flying through the air, lands at the feet of Hildy with a flump. And Hildy's like, Father, are you hurt? And Volstagg is like, I told you go to bed. And this dog stinks of... Wait. And there's these, the dog is very um, affectionately slurping on Volstagg. And um, Volstagg says, what was the missing element? And, and he's, he's like leaning on top of the, the dwarf. I guess uh, he's kind of landed on top of him and the, he's squishing him. And the, the dwarf is like, fish breath? It was fish breath. Hildy says, hearty. And the dog is like, yorp. Where did you find the fish? Show me, find the fish. Find Gleibnir, hearty. And so Hati goes running off to the base of another tree where he starts to dig because, you know, dogs like to dig. And uh, and it turns out to be Eden's tree where the golden apples are. So Wolstag <laughs> is like, Eden's tree! Stop! No! Bad dog! And Hildy's like, He's found something. It's there. Quite near. Hati wins the battle. Wolstag is like, and loses the war if he's damaged the tree that grows the golden apples of immortality. And so we see that he's dug kind of a hole down there, and Volstagg goes to reach down the hole, but he can't because he's too fat. He says, Ugh, I am far too big and manly to reach it. Too fat, you mean, says Hildy. Daughter, why aren't you in bed, says Volstagg. And she volunteers to go down the hole, and she's like, Here, let me. I can do it. And she reaches down into the hole, which makes me think that Volstagg's arms must be, like, super short because, you know, she's just a little kid. But she reaches down, and she grabs Gleipnir and, and pulls it up. It's like this glowing silver strand thing, and, and she's looking at it. She says, Oh, it would make the most beautiful hair ribbon. Your mother would tie it too tightly and slice your head in half, says Volstagg. Come on, hurry. And the two of them go back to the scene of the fight, and they're kind of all surrounding Fenrir, and um, Fenrir says, 
What is it that you want from me, Asgardians? I slept in your woodland and I dreamed of your destruction. I was content. Were you all so content when you swallowed the sun and the moon? asks Sif. When you watched Asgard perish? says Fandral. When you sought to kill the mighty Thor? says Hogan. Which time? says Fenrir. <laughs> I did not escape. I was released. Hold yourselves to account. We will turn you to bone and cartilage, says Thor. Again and again and again, says Fenrir. And then we will gather them into a pile and tie it up with a shining bow. Again and again and again. Tell me, how does Tyr fare with only one hand? It was delicious. We have enjoyed your destruction, Fenris, every single time. You cannot win, says Sif. I cannot be beaten. Not forever. It is not the same thing. Then we are at an impasse. You will be leashed. So what is it that you want, Wolf? Give me an apple of Edun. Blasphemy! And to what purpose? You are already immortal, says Sif. To you who have violated my flesh, demean my power, I say, let me desecrate one small corner of your glorious world. Let me chew on the thought of your flesh and sinew for that one moment longer. For the Asgardians who rule over all of me and forever, let one thing be denied to you. And I want the little girl to bring it to me and be relieved that I do not ask for more. This time. Volstagg is like, absolutely not. And Hildy is like, Don't worry, Father. I can do it. I like dogs. All kinds. Please, just bring me an apple from the tree. And then I'll give an apple to the wolf and we can all go home to bed. And uh, we then shift scenes and we are sitting in Volstagg's house. And Volstagg is there and he's got some apples in his hand. And some apples on a plate, basically. Gudrun is also there, and she's serving food, and so the table's all full of food. And we, we have uh, Volstagg tucking in his daughter, and he says, Sleep well, my darling child. In the kitchen, we have everyone gathered, and Gudrun is saying, You are all really too old to be running around all night. You are all really too old to be running around all night, and you'll catch your death dressed like that, and then where would we be? It smells delicious, Gudrun, says if. So many thanks. You will always be welcome, lady, no matter what. Yeah, so everyone is happy, and Fandral says, That is a very brave girl you have there, Volstagg. Tis true. Brave and clever, says Volstagg. Come, father, you must keep up your strength. An apple is not breakfast, says Gudrun. <laughs> Volstagg says, That girl of ours is too clever by half, mother. Suddenly, I'm feeling completely rejuvenated, he says after chowing down on the golden apple. And that is the end. So, what do we have to say about this issue? Well, you'll find that out right after this message from one of our friends. Two hundred and twenty-nine different characters spanning the galaxies of the Legion of Superheroes, presented across seven comic book issues. A new miniseries as part of the Who's Who podcast. To handle this many characters, the Irredeemable Shag is bringing in a ringer, or maybe we should call them flight ringers. 
Who's who in the Legion of Superheroes? Who's who in the Legion of Superheroes? Who's who in the Legion of Superheroes? The Legion of Superheroes. The Legion of Superheroes. The Legion of Superbloggers team up to present Who's Who in the Legion of Superheroes, a three-episode miniseries in 2017, part of the Who's Who podcast on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Long live the Legion. And we're back. So, uh, yeah, so we're back, uh, as we say. So so what did we think of the issue? So it's a fun one and done. Uh, the artwork is really good. Actually, I, I like this, uh, the artwork a lot, and it reminds me more than a little of the work of Catherine Eminen's husband, Stuart Eminen. Uh, it, it actually is very reminiscent. I don't know if that's deliberate or not. I don't know if... Uh, it actually is Stuart Eminem under a pseudonym because it looks enough like his stuff that it could be. Uh, by and large, though, I, I really like the artwork. Everyone looks really good. I love the way they made the dwarves look. I know they dwarves have been kind of inconsistently portrayed in, in Marvel comics, but the, the dwarves they have in this issue are... are you know, much shorter than humans, and they've got little pointy ears. And yeah, I mean, it's not like you know, World of Warcraft dwarves exactly. It's it's more, I, I would say, fairy-like. I don't really know the story of, of this dog. I get the impression that this dog was introduced in another story that I just haven't read yet. So I'm not really sure what's going on with it. But I think that... Um, it, it is interesting. I, I like the, the this idea of this sort of fire-breathing dog that kicks Heimdall out of bed. and But how does it end up in Volstagg's house? I mean, it's not. do they live next door or something? I, I don't know. Is the door open? I, you know, I, I'm not really sure how this works. Can a dog just walk through doors in, in Asgard? Um, they, they don't really explain that that well. But obviously, you have to get the dog from point A to point B in order for the story to proceed. So there's a, a slight weakness there in, in their plot. But by and large, it's good to see Hildy again. This is a character that was introduced during the Simonson era. And they portraying her as slightly older now, which is a good thing, too. Um, so we don't have her as a as a little kid like she was before, you know, maybe eight or nine years old. She's now more like 10 or 11. So, you know, I guess that makes sense that uh, over you know, the last 30 years, the Hildy could have aged a couple of years. So, yeah, um, again, you know, the action scenes are really well handled. Um, the, I like the way they, they handle the dwarves. I like the way they, they kind of tie this into to Norse mythology with the golden apples and with Gleipnir. You know, so there are many good things about the story that I like, and the artwork is is absolutely lovely. The coloring, again, is amazing. I, I really am liking this colorist uh, that we've had for for the past few issues. Uh, Full Frontal Thor is kind of interesting. I Like I said, I think we have had this joke before, and, and I'm kind of... Uh, kind of not remembering where we had this before, but it, it seems to me that we have seen it before. Either that or I've just seen this online somewhere. Yeah, I'm not really sure, uh, which, which I may have done. Um, yeah, Volstagg running around in his giant pink onesie is obviously you know a whimsical choice. Hogan is dressed more or less normally. Fandral is dressed kind of well, kind of the way I do when I go to bed. Um, so yeah, the, it's more more typical of, of how how people sleep, I guess. But um, yeah, good story all around. A nice little one and done. 
And of course, uh, with that, it means that we're going to kind of go away now from Journey into Mystery and uh, go cover some other stuff. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll run into something interesting to cover down the road. But we'll be back to this. The the SIF run so far has been really interesting, so, so I'm enjoying it. All right, and with that, it is time to go back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the invincible sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.